Welcome to the Delvin Cox Experience, the podcast in which each week I'm on a one-man mission to unite our culture to diversity. I'm your host, Delvin Cox, and with me on this podcast is a special guest. I don't always have video game guests on the show, but I always love having video game guests on the show. And this young man is doing a, a pretty cool idea for a podcast called the Single Player Experience Podcast. I would like to introduce you to Sebastian Morton. Welcome to the experience, brother. What's up? What's up? Thank you for having me on the show, man. No problem, brother. As always, we'd like to start the podcast off with the five for five. Five questions, five answers to get the ball ready. Sebastian, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Question number one. What's your favorite single player video game? Oh, um, dang. It's, hold on. Yeah, you caught me on the spot. Yeah, it's either between Arkham City or The Last of Us. I'm going to go The Last of Us. I'm going to go The Last of Us. The Last of Us is really good. How, how do you like the show so far? Loving the show. What about yourself? Um, I, I like it. All, I like it a lot. I think um, it's really good. I can't believe it's almost over. It feels like it's. It feels like there should be like four more episodes left. I agree. I agree. That's, that was my same thought. I thought this is. This feels too short. Mm-hmm. Almost like it, it can at least use two or three more episodes. But overall, I'm enjoying it. I think um, Pedro Pascal is doing a great job as Joe. I can't remember her name right now, but she's doing Bella a great Ramsey. Job. Bella Ramsey, thank you. She's mm-hmm. doing a great job, Silly. So yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying the show. I like the little change they made to it so far. Yeah, it's good. It's really good. I I'm almost to the point to where I'm gonna say that this might be the best video game live action adaptation of all time. I'm almost to that point. I want to see how they stick the landing this let, coming up episode, but I think I'm there. Let, let me be honest with you. It ain't too hard to do that. <laughs> no, it ain't. It, it ain't really that hard think, to do. I think but. it's just. The Last of Us and Sonic. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Yeah. You know, there's there's not a whole lot of goodness there, but it's a genre that's starting to slowly turn around. I mean, yeah, I think I like I think like Detective Pikachu was decent. And then you had the Sonic the Hedgehog movies, The Last of Us, and I don't know if you've seen the trailer yet, but the Mario movie looks like it's gonna be pretty pretty good though. It does, it does look really really good. So I'm excited for that one. And even I didn't like the Uncharted movie, but people like the Uncharted movie, so yeah. It's, it's all right. It's not like it's, great or anything. It's like all right. You know, it's yeah. it's better than the normal video game movies. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. Like you so know. yeah, I, I would probably say I would probably say like The Last of Us would be like one of probably my favorite game of all time though. But it's close. I got like a mean top five, and in, in any given day they fluctuate. Oh, since you said that, question number two: Give me your top five video games. All Let's right. Oh, okay. So main top five. Um. We got The Last of Us. We already heard about that. Arkham City, which is, to me, one of the best open world games of all time. And I then, agree. Yeah. Then I'm going to have to go go with one for the culture here, and I'm going to say Spider-Man Miles Morales. It's, That's a really good one. It's a good one, man. It's like everything, all the goodness of the original Spider-Man from um, the PS4 game, all the um, but kind of slimmed down, trimmed down. They kind of like like ex all the like the access fat of like some of the side quests in that game, and then like. It's the first brother I've ever seen like star in the game to where I'm like, where I felt like they got our hair right, where yes. I felt like they kind of got the soul of us right. You know what I mean? Yes, I agree. That's a that's a very good point. Me and my buddy um Devin Tyus was talking about that exact same thing. How like, hey, the hair looks right. He looks right. He acts right. I think. Yeah. You know, there are so many elements of that game that feels like they're part of the culture, the graffiti, the art. The city, oh yeah, this this is dope. Yeah, I liked it. 
Yeah, the culture almost feels like a character in that game, you know, yes. and it feels like something it almost feels like they had like maybe like 10 brothers just like as a focus group. And each they kept asking the brothers every after every little move that they made, like, hey, does this represent black culture? Well, and like for the most part, I'm like, I had no complaints with that game. Like, I feel like representation was on point. Shoe game was was perfect. The little trap beat that that remixed like the Spider-Man theme was like, yes. oh, that was so good. I agree. I liked it a lot. I, yeah. yeah, two more, right? Yeah, I got two more. Um, two more. I'm I'm gonna go with Red Dead Redemption, the original Red Dead Redemption game. Part two is really good as well, but like that yeah. original, like that story right now could be made into a Hollywood western and be like perfect. I agree. Yeah. So I'm like that one is uh that one's a strong um in the top five. And then I think the last one, ooh. The last one's where I kind of where everything gets hard, but I'm gonna go with Mass Effect two, like That's a perfect sci fi game. All time, yeah, I love Mass. Oh, Effect. really? Yes. Mm-hmm. I yeah, always it, tell people because there's multiple ways you can play it. Mm-hmm. I tell people to save everyone, and also if you can, let everybody die in the suicide mission just to watch that ending. Yeah, have you ever seen a that good ending? ending. It's oh yeah, really that's good a ending. good ending. Mm-hmm. I I love it. Like um, I love that that game does that. Where it gives you this, like you can beat it and save all the characters and stuff like that and get this amazing ending. But then the bad ending is also really good. Mm-hmm. Really good. I almost wish they would have made like the bad ending canon because I would have loved to see where the third game like picks up after all that happens, you know? That would have been cool. That would have been yeah. really cool. Yeah, so it's it's one of those games where I'm like, that is another story to where, like, I always ask myself when I'm playing a single player game, I'm like, would this single player game work really well in any other medium? Like, if it was done at its most perfect state, where like they had the perfect director, perfect studio, um, perfect cast, I'm like, how would this look as a perfect movie and or a perfect TV show? And that's one of those games to where I'm like, if they absolutely nailed everything, if they had the budget right, the film production right, if they had like the cast and the the director right, that would be like a perfect trilogy movie, you know? I agree. I think so. I almost want to see a Mass Effect TV show. I think it was, I think that would be a little better because we get a little more time to like learn the characters and spend time with each of the side characters as well. Have you ever watched um Star Trek Discovery? I only seen bits and pieces. Star Trek is not like my my hugest nerd culture. Like it's, it's, a, it's not for me. It's too. a gap there. It's mm-hmm. not for me neither. But Discovery is so well done. It kind of works. I'm a Star Wars guy personally, but mm-hmm. Discovery is really good. <laughs> it's like surprisingly really good and it has just enough action in it. You're like, oh, this is dope. I feel like if the people who made Discovery were to make a Mass Effect TV series, it probably could be pretty good. I, I have never faith in that because from what I've seen, like the cinematography of it all, it looks really good. It looks like they yes. nailed that sci-fi essence, you know? Yeah, I agree. Alright. Question number three for you, Sebastian. All right. Don't say anything to get us in trouble. Okay. I don't want us going to jail. This is not a Takashi 69 situation. <laughs> so, what's the dumbest thing you've done as a kid? Ah, uh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, ooh. You know, one of the dumbest things I think I did as a, as like a kid, a teenager, and a young adult would probably be staying up all night, all night gaming. Because I'm like, it it never ends well. That next day, you're just thrown all the way off, like all the way to hell and back. You are just like discombobulated. Nothing seems right. It's like 
But I I did that three times off the top of my head, and every time a Batman game came out, you know, like Batman Arkham Asylum, like Arkham City, and like Goth like Arkham Knights, I was like, I remember staying up all night playing that game, knowing damn well I had to wake up in the in the morning <laughs> to and go to work. So I'm like, yeah, it never ended well. When I was a kid, I remember I th- I want to say it was um. It was in 64. I, I want to say with WCW versus NWO World Tour, I would yeah. stay up all day, like a 24-hour period, just playing that, just straight up, just playing that all day, all night. Like, that was my thing, like playing as Goldberg and winning the belts. And, like, then after I win it with Goldberg, got to win the United States title with somebody else and mm-hmm. tag titles with Buff Bagwell and stuff. Yeah, I, I was, like, heavily into that. And I remember, like, uh. This isn't good. Like, I, I remember like <laughs> sleeping like because I, I would stay up twenty four hours, and while it seems like it's fun, then you kind of have to sleep like twenty four hours. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Oh, you yeah. lose the day that you you would have gotten if you just went to sleep in the first place. You know. Yes. Yeah. yeah so it, it's definitely a trip. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I was right there with you playing um playing the old school retro um WCW and WWE games. Like on the WCW side, you you were playing as Goldberg. I was Diamond Dallas Page. Oh yeah, he was good in the game. Yeah. And Diamond Cutter, yeah, that was dope. Mm-hmm. I love those games. Those games are so good. Are I you excited really for are. The, are you excited for the AEW game? Um, I am. I I am. I'm uh I'm probably that's probably gonna be one of the games I'm reviewing. Um so I'm excited, but I'm tentative. You know, like I feel like it's missing some of the aspects I expect out of a like a core wrestling game. You know, like um, no GM mode is a huge disappointment to me. Yeah, um, that's one. I yeah, I know it has a career mode and everything, a career mode and a main um, exhibition mode. But outside of that, it really doesn't. It like all the rest of the modes that I expect out of this type of game are kind of missing here. So. I'm kind of I wonder how well it's going to do as a longevity game, because I feel like this will be fun to play for like a week. But I wonder if this will be fun to play in a six months, man. You know, you know, that's a really good point. I didn't think about that. Like, hey, that's one of the things that's good about WWE 2K games mm-hmm. where, you know, you can start a season off and you can do the GM mode. Or you can play for like a week. You can put it down and six months later, you can come right back to it. And like, oh, this is still fun. Because yeah. it's, it's just it's just so much stuff for doing to it, and with the AEW game being so limited, not with roster, which is the crazy thing. They don't they're not gonna be limited with roster. They're gonna have a, a all star roster. This is gonna be this is gonna be the first time in a long time I think where they've had like a, well one is dueling wrestling games, but two where both games are gonna have like a, a, a marquee wrestler in it. It's Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes is gonna be in both. yeah for sure. <laughs> That's gonna be so weird. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Um, I'm expecting more of a roster from AEW because, like, so far I think they've only announced like 32 to 38 like um per wrestlers in the game, and it seems like a lot are missing. Um, with like no House of Black, I don't think Samoa Joe's in the game yet. They like some of the people I would expect um to see uh, as far as like early staples of AEW are kind of missing here. Yeah, I think they said no FTR either. I think they said, yeah. from, to my knowledge. They said they're gonna have a bunch of people as DLC, and I remember them saying FTR was supposed to be part of the first run of DLC. That don't make any sense to me. I'm like, FTR has been in there since like almost year one. At that point, I'm yes. like, why? Why are they DLC? You know? Yeah, there are certain people you probably shouldn't put as DLC. No, FTR is one of them. 
No, nah, if you want to have like Athena as DLC because like she kind of came into the game late. If you want to have Soraya, like Soraya right now as DLC, yeah. I can understand that. But I'm like, people who've been in there for more than two years at this point should just come with the game. They should, yeah, they definitely should just come with the game. People like FTR, Brian Cage, mm-hmm. people who've been like day one at AEW wrestlers probably should just be in the game. Even Sunny Kiss for that matter. Sunny Kiss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anybody Ricky Starks, th- Ricky anybody Starks, like that. Mm-hmm. Hobbs. Just, man, shout out to Powerhouse Hobbs, man. Definitely. That's a beast of a man right there. You saw he won the championship the other day? I was so proud, man. Um, So Likewise. proud. I don't necessarily like the way they did that title change because um, it didn't make sense with um, with um, Wardlow winning at Revolution just to lose it the next night. Yeah. Especially did. especially like in the manner that he lost it. But I, I shout out to Will Hobbs, man. The dude's killing it. And he's probably one of my favorite under, like, under low-key kind of wrestlers right now. I agree. I agree. I like it. Question number four. Mm-hmm. Give me your four horsemen of video game characters. Oh, that's now a you, good. Now you can topic. take it. You can take it either kind of way. You can take it either the four horsemen of the apocalypse or the four horsemen like Teresa, like Ric Flair, mm-hmm. on Anderson. So who will be your four horsemen video game characters? Oh, that's a really good one. You can make a whole topic of the show based on who deserves to be on that Mount Rushmore, so to speak. But um, yes. I would probably say, ooh, all right. Um, all right. So I'm going uh, to go a little bit as far as like history of video games into this, as well as like what they're doing now and what they mean as far as like icons now, because I think I got Mario right there, like. And I'm not even the hugest Mario fan. I just know what he's done for video games. So and he'll be like your Ric Flair? He, he's like the Ric Flair Hulk Hogan, so to speak. Okay. You know, like I would probably put him right there. I would probably see, probably put Master Chief on that list. Okay. Uh, from Halo. Cause like I feel like he represents all of Xbox. You know, like I'd probably put that. I would probably put Kratos from God of War okay. on that list. Um, just the because Kratos has been in gaming for such a long time now, uh, probably about twenty years now, to where yeah. like he he started off as a generic character and kind of molded and grew into one of the most like well developed characters in all of games right now. I agree. So I'd probably put him right there, and I'd probably say, and this is where I'm going to lose a whole lot of people because like there's so much history of video games, so many important characters right now, but like. As far as tentpole going to move the needle characters, I'd probably put Peter Parker Spider-Man on that because okay. like here's my here's my reason for that last one. Like if Spider-Man could come out right now and be the top selling game in the world, probably at this point, because it's like at any given point, he's the most recognizable IP outside of video games. But when you put him into that video game space and you do it well, it's one of the best selling games instantly, you know, I like. Agree. He he's just it's an iconic character. Like right now, if Xbox announced that they were making their own version of Spider Man, where it's a completely different version of Peter Parker, it'd be their best selling franchise right now. You, you know what? I think that makes a lot of sense. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a little bit more to add to that. Mm-hmm. If people don't know about it, Peter Parker and Spider Man has been around video games since the conception of it. Like, oh yeah, for sure. The, the Atari Twenty Six Hundred had a Spider Man game on it. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was terrible, but it was a spot. It was a Spider-Man game on it. Was a Spider-Man game on the NES, Spider-Man game on Super NES. So every console generation has pretty much had a Spider-Man game on it. Yeah, for sure. So as much as 
we like to talk about the Mario's, the Luigi's, the Zelda and stuff like that. Spider Man is very much part of video game culture because every, like I say, it's a, it's every console generation has a Spider Man game. It's just it's a common thing. Like now, with the, to varying varying degrees of quality, but there's yeah, always for been sure. there's, there's always been a Spider Man game on every console. That's like something that's a guarantee. You launch a new console, eventually you're gonna get a Spider Man game. That's just yeah. how it is. It's almost like clockwork, but yeah, you're right. Um, I didn't even think about that aspect of it, but yeah, it's it's one of those things to where I'm like, Spider-Man is just that longevity plus it's one of the most important characters in video games right now. And like, like I said, like you can put you can put out three different versions of Spider-Man right now, and all three of those are going to be highly successful, like selling Spider-Mans. They may be different levels of like quality, but all of them are going to be highly successful as far as sales go. Yeah, you gotta mess up a game pretty bad to, to, to jack up a Spider-Man game. You really do. <laughs> you really do. do. Alright, question number five, Sebastian. Mm-hmm. This is an important one for you. Zombie apocalypse happens Walking Dead style. Walking Dead style, okay. You can only take five things to go out in the world to survive. What are the five things to take them with you? No matter what it is, you can take anything you want to. Family and pet doesn't count. They okay. automatically come with you unless you don't want them to come with you. Then they can die for all I care. Okay. Um, all these things have to be functional in the zombie apocalypse. World. So Walking Dead rules, no electricity, all that kind of stuff, well, right? Well, it's the beginning of the apocalypse, so you can take whatever you want to. Okay. So let's put it put this way. So um, did they show that? I think they did show the, the beginning of the apocalypse in The Walking Dead. They showed like early year one, I believe, because like because yes. uh, like when Rick woke up, um, like it, the apocalypse had kind of started. So a, l- a little bit of the flashbacks, they kind of had a little bit of that. I know when yeah. they showed it. I just remembered it. Fear of the Walking Dead. Okay. That, the first okay. episode of Fear of the Walking Dead showed it. So there you go. Think about think of it like that. Okay. All right. So I got five items. Um, I... If I am close enough to a big body water, I'm taking a... I'm just getting a big yacht because I'm like okay. a big boat, big yacht, that sort of thing. And I'm down at, fear the walking dead wouldn't do that. Yeah. So I like yeah, that idea. Yeah. I'm like, I don't think they can reach me out there. Um, so I'm going to do that. And then I would probably take um, on this yacht, I would probably take a pallet of canned foods, like a, like a big superstore kind of big pallet of food. Okay. Uh, I'd probably load that bad boy up with a pallet of foods. I'm taking one gun and just one generic gun. Um, And so that's three items. I'd probably take on my fourth item. I would probably take. I think I'd take a 3D printer. Okay. A 3D printer because you can make a lot of stuff from that 3D printer. And then I would probably take. I would probably take a pallet worth a pallet's worth of 3D printed materials, so I can use always like I can at least have a good starting point to to use materials to use for that 3D printer. Because from there I can make a fishing pole, I can make um I can make a bow and arrow kind of set. I can start making arrows there. So I think that's those are the five. I'm gonna be out in the ocean. Um you know, family may or may not be there. And then I'm going to have that pallet of food to tie me over until I can start learning how to fish properly in deep sea fishing. Okay. Let me ask you this. Cause I, I, I've never figured this out. Mm-hmm. How does a 3d printer work? Oh God. Yeah. It's, 
you basically have like certain inputs that you have um through your computer or like through your phone like um, in my version of the 3d printer i'm imagining i already have like some stuff like saved on the printer so i can like hit the button and automatically get my fishing pole sort of thing but like for the most part you have to have your, your computer you have to um they give you like 3d renderings that you can download and templates for that you can download from the internet and then it's almost like hitting the print button you know yeah but what material are you using for this that's what i was trying to figure out like hey if i'm gonna make a fishing pole like i have to have like wood <laughs> How does you this know, work? It, so like um on the on like the 3d printer side you can just print out the pole so to speak like and you can print out like so like on the materials that you can use for the 3d printer like there's like the standard like plastic kind of material that it kind of makes everything of imagine okay. like that um like the figurines that you like you buy like the funko pops and stuff like yes. that of uh, 3d printers are a lot of the like make a lot of those so I'm like okay yeah, so sense. so in that same material, you can make like the little like a, a fishing pole. Now the string for the pole and such of that, I might like retro. I might tear out like a seat on the yacht and like use some of the fibers from the seat and start making like the actual like strings and such like that. Or you can like, or you can just print out a, a long string, and because it's like ultra thin. So okay. I'm like, so I feel like the 3D printer would come in clutch. I just don't feel like. And the the reason I have the yacht is because 3D printers also make a lot of noise as yeah, well. That's a good point. So I'm going to be out in the ocean making all this noise. If no one's around to hear it, it didn't make any noise, you know? Okay. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's a good point. And, you know, because I don't think the zombies can swim. So if they, even if you're out on a yacht, they come out in the water. Just gonna, well, I guess they won't drown. They'll just be stuck in the water. Yeah, I, we've all learned from the apocalypse. That it's, the, it's the people we mostly have to be afraid of. Yeah. More so than the zombies themselves. Yeah, that's true. That is yeah. very true. Yeah, and so I so that's why I'm taking the gun in case somebody want to act up. Yeah, I like it. And I think you if I remember you could probably print a 3D printed gun now. Yeah, you, yeah, you can print out extra like weapons and such like that. Um it was, you know, it's been in video games like Watch Dogs 2 as well like where the, you can print out some of your 3D like weapons whether you make it non-lethal or lethal, but yeah, you can print out gun. That's wild. Technology's crazy. Yeah, it is. We come a long way. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> All right, let let everybody know about your podcast, man. Oh yeah, so I am um outside of crazy zombie conspiracies. You can normally find me at the Single Player Experience Podcast. It's the premier podcast for single player gamers to find out about good single player games to play. It is uh basically one of like my biggest passions in life right now. It is it's a podcast basically to where. If you like single player games, we tell you about the good, the bad, the good games, the bad games, everything in between. We help you manage your video game backlog by telling you about different strategies on where a game should fit in your video game backlog. For example, if you're playing like a game like um, like Tears of the Kingdom, which is the Breath of the Wild sequel, which is coming out soon, like that can be your main primary game. However, like the I, I usually advise that people have um three games that they're playing at one time and those three games they kind of organize it in their mind there's a chill and relaxed spot there's a um a primary spot that's going to be your primary narrative focus game and then there's your palate cleanser game that game that kind of like when you're not in the mood for that main game and you have a little more time in your hands than that chill and relaxed game it's kind of that game that kind of like just scratches that itch of a of like okay i need a little break from that breath of the wild or tears of the kingdom kind of game and then on that other front we mostly do like deep we do deep dive dev interviews with um different developers both on the indie level and the triple a level where we talk about 
um, what it was like creating their games, their their favorite games, their inspirations, and everything in between. So, yeah, that's the single player experience in a nutshell. I, I love it, man. I, I love single player games because I don't want to play with people. I just want to sit there and myself play them. So I love the concept of this, this podcast. How did you guys come up with the idea? And well, I think you have a coach, correct? Yeah, man, uh, it's me, and I usually just bring I uh, just bring that, guests on. See, see, that's even better. You're doing mm-hmm. it like I do it. You just kind of just bring guests on. So, how did you come up with this? What made you want to do it on your own? Give yeah, me the uh, deets. Okay, so like I I was looking at podcasting, and this is a little background for all you people listening who are thinking about getting into the wheelhouse. It's like the there's a saying in podcasting and in life: the riches are in the niches, so, the niches, so to speak. It's like. You have to find a podcast um, idea that no one else is doing right now. And that's how you kind of stand out. Because like if you're doing something that 10 other people are doing and they've been doing it for way longer and they got a little bit of a name on on them, like you're never going to stand out in that crowd. Like you come out with a video game podcast, you want to talk about weekly news. Everyone's doing that right now. So I'm like, you have to kind of find a way to differentiate yourself. So I, I kind of looked inwards and I kind of asked myself, I'm like, What's no one doing and what's a subject that I know enough about to want to and also love talking about? And like yourself, I love playing video games. I just don't really want to play with anybody like I love. I just and I also like single player games because like they feel like a book, you know, like back in the day when we had like that big book that everyone was reading and everyone was talking about. Like that's what single player games have become like we we played God of War Ragnarok last November and everyone was talking about that game, you know, whether or not they thought it innovated enough on this, on like what it brought to the table over God of War 2018 or, you know, people were talking about Elden Ring last year and they were sharing their stories about like what they found in the lands between when they were fighting Margaret the Fell or Melina or different things like that. Like we as a people love talking about our personal experiences and gamers are no different. Like, well, especially us single player gamers, we want to talk about single player games, but we don't necessarily want to talk about single player gamers like a single player games necessarily while we're playing games. We want to actually have that experience and listen to other people experiencing the same things, but we don't necessarily want to be involved in that multiplayer front. So yes. that's how, that's how I kind of came up with uh, the podcast there. And I love it. Um, like I said, a big passion project of mine. It's I, I love getting to meet these different developers. I love getting to talk to these different single player games because a lot of times the audience will write in and say like, hey, can you give me a game in the racing genres? I might um, I might get a code for a game like that same week in the racing genre. And next thing you know, we're doing a game on, on racing. What's the best? What is the best racer in 2023 for the single player? Like, so it's different, different genres, different topics, sort of like that. And I I just love talking about single player games. I think that's really cool. Um, Let let me ask you this, because Mm -hmm. there was a a couple years ago, I want to say. Where people were making a whole big hoopla of saying that single player games were dying. Online multiplayer where it's at, you know, especially around the time when Fortnite was coming out, you know, everybody was Fortnite, they were watching, people were kind of saying, like, even the Call of Duty, like, dropped the campaign one year, uh-huh. people were kind of saying that single player games are dying. Do you think that is something that people are still saying today? Do you think... Because I, I have my opinion, but I want to hear your take on it first before I get my opinion. Okay, that sounds great. Um, I, I think you were right, and I think that discourse was right, 
five years ago because that's the way the world was trending five years ago. And the game industry is very much um, a monkey see monkey do kind of industry. They always run towards different trends that are working at the time. And at that time, yeah, multiplayer were taking over the world. It seems like, you know, you did have your single player games, but like it was easy for developers and for studios to look at like those big success stories that were games as a service that were multiplayer games and saying like, Hey, those guys are making a game and also making like tons of money after selling the game because they have microtransactions because they have like a battle battle pass. And that became like the talk of the town in the games industry, but people kind of got tired of it. And then, you know, with financial times in 2023 being as hard as they are, like people are wising up to how they spend their dollar and Games are so more expensive. They're $70 now. Even yeah. the games as a service games that come out as a free game, like some people just want to play a free game or some people just want to play the price one time and not necessarily have to pay another subscription service to play a game. So um, you see games that have come out recently. Um, I'm not trying to throw shades on the these games, but they 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 had to basically pack up and, and, and like bolt and basically had to... Um, basically shut down shop and that was games like knockout city that was games like um of the marvel's avengers game these are like big multiplayer games as a service type games that have shown that we're getting a little tired of that stagnated genre and i think um single player games are coming back you look at god of war ragnarok you look at um elden ring selling as high as it did like hogwarts legacy right now is like sell the highest selling game in the world right now so i'm like everyone has been clamoring for these single player experiences and they're showing up for it. Yeah. It seems like it's been a big resurgence in it mm-hmm. over the past few years. Like I said, you, I think you nailed it perfectly. When you said like, yeah, like five years ago, people were kind of announcing the doom of single player game because even it was even a thing where people where a company were just adding multiplayer into their games. Yeah. Just kind of tacking it on. So it was like, okay, I guess every game is going to have a multiplayer function to it. And we may, and we just have to just have something we have to deal with. And as time went on, that kind of eased back on in, and we don't even really see that now. Like even the Last of Us factions, we've been wait, we're waiting on that to come out, you know. But in the original Last of Us game, we had the multiplayer already intact. Yeah, for sure. So that was just the thing. For sure, you're you're hitting the nail right on the head. Like, but I, your game development and gamers are leaning away from that model. They're still going to be the multiplayer games around there. But like, what I think a lot of these um, studios are seeing right now is like games as a service is not kind of what the mass audience kind of wants for the video games. And you're also they also see like, hey these gamers are sure we only get their money for one single time after a $70 purchase with Elden Ring, with God of War, with Tears of the Kingdom, but they're going to show up for day one and we're going to lead, we're going to be leading that charts. I think the, the big outlook here is that people also want to be able to connect with, um, connect with characters. I think storytelling right now, just not in the, not just in games, but storytelling right now is what a lot of people are clamming for. Like you look at shows like the house of the dragon, you look at shows like the last of us, you look at shows like the Mandalorian, people love good stories and they like good characters that they can resonate with. And right now we're just, we're hungry. That's what the market is demanding. Yeah, I agree. I think it's just people are just hungry for it and they like single player games. I think the fact that we're getting so many good ones coming out, it's just it's just a testament that hey, 
single player a player still matter. We're still yeah, buying do. the game. We're still putting our dollars in the marketplace, and you know it's really good. Did you um? Another indication is like, um, did you see the the discourse around the Suicide Squad game? Yes. Yeah, so they they released that trailer. People just bombed on it because this was games as a service game. It was a multiplayer game, and this was from the studio, the same studio that did like the Arkham series games. And yeah. that's you know, it's almost like people almost did not want to play that game. This game coming out, and which just got delayed, and just announced that it got delayed by the way today. But um, people don't. People are mad because like they want to see that studio do what that studio does best, and that's good narrative super single player games, especially like games in the Arkhamverse. Like Batman fans have been waiting, waiting for something ever since almost 2016 now. For so about seven years for them to put out something that's that's at least akin to that Batman experience. Yeah, that's not an easy thing to do. Nah, nah, but I mean, if you already did three of those, I'm like, you could still, you could have like just amped it up and put out another one. Or like, if you're tired of Batman, like DC's got so many characters that you could have just used another D- DC character, Arrow, like for instance, like Green Arrow. Yeah. You, that could have been the, almost a very similar game, just with a Green Arrow kind of like aesthetic to it. It's like they had um the question. You could have done the Flash. You could have done so many different characters that that have that kind of like DC essence to it, but you could have added your own, like that, that magic that you had from the Arkham universe on that. So it's, it's a little disappointing to see them actually work on a big multiplayer, um, in basically a uh, live service game. Like they, like they ended up doing. Yeah. It's the discourse behind that game is interesting mm-hmm. because I don't think people wanted the suicide squad game. And then when they saw it was getting it, they were kind of happy about it. And then it kind of went down. <laughs> I think it got delayed. Then it's back up. Then people saw it was multiplayer. player. Like, uh, it's back down again. I'm kind of just curious to what the game is going to be when it comes out. Like, maybe it comes out and it's a hit. It's a big, really good game. I'm hoping it's a good game. But it's just one of those things that we have to wait and see. Yeah, yeah. I think the smart money right now bets against it, but you never know. Like the this game could come out and absolutely like nail and blow everyone's socks off. But like I, I think smart money, you bet the house against this one. Yeah, I agree. So let let me ask you this. How did you first find podcasts for one thing? Um I've just been a longtime listener of podcasts. It's one of those things to where like um, I kind of wanted something to do during commuting to work or like when I'm playing a game that didn't necessarily have to I where I don't have to be involved into the story or anything like that. So like um, growing up, if I was playing like NBA 2K, I can hit the like the mute button on that that kind of like TV. And instead of like listening to the the news like a lot of people um were doing or like my parents were doing so to speak um like i really just wanted to hear news about stuff that i really cared about so i've always been ingrained in video game podcasting um from like the game scoops of the world all the way to like beyond and everything in between um were those some of your inspirations yeah a little bit um a little bit like those those i think gamertag radio with paris lily um seeing another um 
black man in the gaming industry was kind of a big inspiration for me as well. So I'm like, yeah, yeah it's just seeing and hearing different voices. And, you know, there's a certain thing um, because I'm a big sports guy as well. Like there's a certain thing of like it takes a long time to be a Stephen A. Smith. There's only like a, a certain amount of people who are going to be able to talk about sports for a living. And then there's like. I knew at five foot 10, I was never going to be an NBA player. So I'm like, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm like, I, I knew that was going to be a hobby sort of thing, but like video games became something that felt like it was a part of the culture that I was in, so to speak, between listening to all these people talk passionately about it to like my friends always coming over and playing video games. It just felt like it was almost something that was a cultural thing to, to me. So I'm like, I just knew I, at, when I thought about podcasting, I always thought about video game podcasts. Huh. So that was, so when you thought about podcasting in terms of yourself, you're like, I got to do a video game podcast. Yeah. Uh, I, when I thought about podcasting, I thought about like, some, I'd like I'm a list guy as well. So I, I made a list. I'm like, what are the top five things you know about? And then can actually like intelligently talk about. And one of them was sports. And I was just like, there's that Matt, that like, that avenue is so saturated, it's going to be hard to get into. It was Very. one of those. Yeah. And then there's an offseason in sports, like depending on what sport I'm into. Like the football, if I was going to do one about football, I have an offseason about football. And then for the next three weeks, I'd be talking about Lamar Jackson's contract, you know, because not much <laughs> else is going on right now. Yeah. If I was, so I was listing out like five things and always, at, uh, it always came back to video games on that list because. I would always think about video games. Video games don't have an off season. And right now, like that's an industry that there's a game coming out every single day now because of the, yeah. the way indie games are taken off. So it was just seemed like a match made in heaven. And it's one of those things to where I like, I am a gamer, man. I can play anything, anything and everything all day. I think that's cool. Um, what type of games you think you like? What type of games are you into in terms of like, hey, these are the type of games I'm, I'd rather play. Cause you, since you mentioned it, like action adventure puzzle, what type of games you in? Um, so I'm a video game reviewer as well. So like I, I usually play a lot of the games I get review codes for, but like for the most part, I'm always excited to play roguelike games, Metrovania games, games that single like on the AAA side of the fence. I, I love playing these big bombastic games that always have stories games like uncharted so the those big action adventure kind of games as well um love games with sci-fi so if you can get me with a sci-fi shooter i'm in i'm in there as well um but yeah it's i on the i'm always playing no matter what game i'm reviewing and such like that i always come back to like a sports game as my relax and chill kind of game and it'll either be like a Madden or be a 2K or be a WWE. It'll be like all sorts. That's the through line. I'm always playing one of those throughout the year. But for the most part, I always bounce back between like the action adventure games, roguelike games, indie games, um, puzzle games every now and then just to switch things up. But like the, my bread and butter is probably like the action adventure story centric games. Let, let me ask you a question. Since you do you review video games. Mm-hmm. What, well, I don't know if you have experiences yet. What is it like for you if you're playing a game that they gave you a review copy for and the game just ain't hidden? Oh, yeah, I've, I've experienced that many a times. Um, it's one of those things that's disheartening because, like, we as people, um, have opinions about anything and everything, and that's perfectly acceptable because, like, 
we are entitled to our opinion, but it's also like hard because like a throughout my podcasting, I've, I've found that there's a introduction to the person behind the art because like I'm interviewing, I'm like interviewing some of these devs. Like I've, I've had a person on the show to where like, I knew I interviewed them and I like, I talked about their game. We talked about their game and like while their game wasn't necessarily blowing me away, like I learned something about that person because I interviewed them and I interviewed like what they had to go to, to create that game, you know, like, but as far as your original question goes, like making, like I've gotten a review code for a game called blood waves. It was, it's a zombie game that was very much like, you remember call of duty zombies? Yes, I do very much. So yeah. So that's the whole premise of the game, except like, Except in Call of Duty Zombies, you had several different levels that you had several different levels. And, you know, there was four people usually sometimes like you could play that game by yourself. But for the most part, you were always in a squad of four. And this version of the uh, in this version in Blood Waves, you were basically playing as a single player experience where you have that same premise where you try to outlast uh, outlast all these zombies and see how far you can like last so to speak but the ticker here is that you're stuck in one single room like you're stuck in one <laughs> circular room it's a big circular room but is you're looking at the same walls over and over again and sure the zombies get a little uh, harder a little faster and everything like that but like you're still looking at the same thing over and over again. And when you die, you have to restart and start at level zero. You don't actually get any new weapons or guns oh, or anything. Sucks. Yeah. You just you start at they start the process all over again of having you to like kill a zombie to earn money to start all over again while you're stuck in the same room. There's no levels to this game. It's just one level. So that it, that was a game to where I'm like, I was excited initially when I saw the review code because I thought maybe they, it was someone doing their spin on zombies and really bringing something different to that genre. But it seems like they stripped down what kind of made that game special. And yeah, that, that was a game that where like it's hard because I remember there's a person behind that. There's somebody made that game. It's like that yeah. that is that's somebody's work that somebody's like hard work. They probably put like years into but like. It just didn't come out into being a good product, and my review reflected as such. That's really fascinating to say the least. Yeah, it's almost like you you go see a movie all the time, and like you know, you might see a a movie like Thor: Love and Thunder, for instance. Like everyone loved Ragnarok, but Lord Love and Thunder was hit or miss for a lot of people. Well, like yes, people made that movie. There was people who put like nine to nine months to 13 months of their lives into that movie but like if that movie wasn't good to you i mean you just you're giving your honest opinion right yeah it's, it's crazy that you say that because but you know it, the, the, the narrative behind when you're a reviewer is difficult because people want what one they want to know how did you get the codes yeah and then two they think because you're reviewing it, you're automatically biased towards the game because you got the game for X amount of dollars and stuff like that. So how do you maneuver through situations like that? Or you do know, you or just brush it off? No, for the most part, I always, I always usually tell people, like, especially during the show episodes, I always tell them, like, review code provided by the developer. It's like, it's a disclaimer there so you can, like, it, 
you can take my words for however you want to take it at that point. You can say like, oh, he got the game for free as a review code. He must like he's probably going to review that. But if you listen to my words, like, you know, I might be a little more critical than some people are. I, I'm I'm a I'm a harder reviewer. Like I in the history I of my website, in the history of my YouTube channel, in the history of my like podcast, you can look at it and you can say like, Oh, he's only given one 10 out, like one 10 out of 10 out. And I've reviewed several games. Like in the last three months, I've reviewed like 40 games. So I'm like, yeah, you can look at all that. But I think to answer your initial question, going back into it, it's like, I, 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 people are going to think what they're always wanting to think. I try to be as transparent as possible. I try to let people know like, Hey, I got this review code. I am like, I am a critical reviewer. I actually think about the things that I say. I'm not bought off by anybody. They didn't pay me anything to do this. I had to take much, uh, like time out of my hands that I could have been spending with, you know, hanging out with my family, so to speak, to actually play this game when I could have been playing a game that speaks to me on a personal level. So I'm like, take that with what you will. And with all that information, listen to what I have to say, because like, um, because I'm going to give you my honest feedback. And if you vibe with it, you vibe with it. If you don't, you don't, you know? I think that's a great way to put it. Yeah. So who are some of the guests you've had on this show? So I'm going to try to drag some people to your show. Who are some of the guests you can name and talk about that you've <laughs> had right. on the show? Um, let's see. I've had Marlene Sharp. She was uh, um, she was one of the creators and writers for the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. We talked about like the story behind Ugly Sonic and like <laughs> how all that transpired. So that was one of the guests we had on the show. Um, we had um, recently we had... Enrique Quartz, he was um he's one of the one of the creators and the project managers for a game called The Night Witch. It is an amazing indie game that more people should be playing, but it is a one of the most beauty beautiful indie games you can see right now. Um we've had different people such as um different people such as King Phoenix. He's a hell of a streamer right now. Um a hell of a video game streamer right now. We've had Lid Unplay, another video game streamer, a reviewer. We had um Reggie Johnson, who's like one a really good, um, really good sports analyst that you should and me and him talk about like the top sports games in the world, right? Um, and we talk about like we do deep dives into Madden and NBA 2K and like why this game why this year's version is better or worse and different things like that. And then one of the bigger guests, I would probably say, um that we've had recently we've had several different guests um we've had w- one of the writers from um Tarzan the the movie with Samuel Jackson oh okay yeah so we had him on the show we talked about different um aspects about that we've had Dustin Brady who is a New York Times bestseller who basically wrote Escape from a video game series which is kind of in that same uh, ballpark is like the trapped in a vi- uh, like as the um what is that captain underpants kind of books you remember them yeah yeah I so can, like yeah so i'm like we had those on and then we had we've had plenty of different people if you're into any sort of it, all it, things it, I, I, I like that the lineup is so diverse yeah like yeah. you named a whole bunch of people and all of them are vastly different from each other. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, 
you know, just getting at it, like we've had two um, representatives for PlayStation on as well, like when and they had their own like own episodes and they talked about their career and how they got started in PlayStation. And like we um, and they got talked about like working on games like Horizon Forbidden West, working on games like Tomb Raider and diff- and working on games um, such as like God of War. So like we have the reason why I have so many diverse people is also because like we do so much, so many diverse single player games and, and the core root of the podcast here is always like, sure. I want to tell stories. I want these people to get uh, like, to, I want to introduce my audience to these uh, different inter- individuals, whether they, they know them or not. I'm like, I want to introduce a, their backstories to, so you can see how they got to wherever they're at. I also want to introduce like to the audience of like, what games what games did they play growing up or what games did they play while they were creating such like different things like this because like marlene sharp where i mentioned she was like the writer of sonic the hedgehog and different things like that she was also like one of the producers of some of the sonic the hedgehog games she did yokai watch and those are yeah so i'm like it always ties back to video games it always ties back to like stories of games that maybe you're playing or maybe you played growing up or like it always has that video game tie into it but it all and it also has video game recommendations as well okay i got two more questions for you but i think they're really good ones okay go ahead first one who you think who would you want to have as your dream guest who is that that one person you're like i want this person on my show Ooh. that's how i want to get on that's a good one that's a really good one um Ooh, that's a really good one. Um, ooh, really good, really good topic. I think there's several. Um, I'd probably you, say you can Anthony, have a few. Okay, okay. Um, just I'm gonna be brief about it. Anthony Edwards, he he's like one of the guards right now for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, he's a video game player as well. Okay. Like, I think he'd be fun. When C.J. McCollum, um, he is one of the guards from the Pelicans. A lot of the NBA guys, I want to, I want to like get them on the show and hear what they've been playing and get their video game origin story because I feel like mm-hmm. we don't ask enough like what some of these ball players are playing. I think that, that could be true. interesting. So well, just let me, in- ask, let me ask you this before you move on from that because I, I just don't think good question. Yeah, what, what's up? What do you think LeBron James is playing? Oh, and LeBron. you know why I asked this? <laughs> yeah, LeBron, I. Low key, I think LeBron plays a little. I don't think LeBron plays 2K as much as people think he would. He would. I think he's more of a Call of Duty person if he plays. If he would play games like that, and I think he's more of a. Um, I think he plays games kind of with the with his kids a little bit. Uh, okay. That's my guess. So I would probably, I'd probably put him as like maybe something in that Call of Duty or maybe something in that like Uncharted kind of zone. Because you know he's, he's clearly a gamer because he has yeah. his own PS5 because he's a PlayStation playmaker. He has yeah. the custom PS5 face, face plates now and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, so I, I saw that. Those look actually pretty fresh. I don't, I don't like the plates. I like the controller though. Controller's good. I like the yeah, kind of controller. Controller's yeah. fire. The controller's fire. So I, yeah. I When I saw that announcement, I'm like, huh? It's weird, I, isn't it? I, 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 like, I, didn't even know he, I didn't even know he played games. This is a weird announcement. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's kind of the cool thing. Is like yeah. he, he, he might be like a casual gamer, and I feel like a lot of the guys, especially because this is a younger generation of like NBA players nowadays, like yeah. probably all play games, or at least like 
they're either mobile gamers or they all like they have like a team Xbox or a team PlayStation or like they just carry it around because they have their private jets and they don't have to go through customs like that. They probably all carry around their systems, you know. Well, they ain't carrying that PlayStation. That PlayStation is heavy. That PlayStation <laughs> is pretty heavy. That PlayStation is. You getting stopped by TSA and the quickness taking that on the plane. Yeah, uh, but you know they they have that private flight, so they they oh, all they yeah, got. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. They got their private flights and they got the uh, like the private buses and such like that. So I'm like. They might have like they might drop their bag off at um at like the facility earlier that day, and then like their ba- their luggage is already taken care of, and they just have to be on that plane like at a later time, you know. That makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. All right, second question for you. Final question. Yeah, what's up? Where do you want to take this show? Where oh, do you want one- to go? One last um thing, because I thought of another good um guest, the dream oh, guest. Be my guest. Christopher Judge. Oh, and that's a great one. Yeah, the one who plays Kratos. Um like him that like brother's story would just be oh really cool. I think we can make really good magic to like together. And I think like hey, like he is such a really good voice actor. I'd love to get an yeah, interview. He is he seems like a very compassionate person. Like um mm-hmm. I know people talk talk a little mess about his game award speech because it was so long, but <laughs> you felt the passion, passion in him and the love in him and how much he, how proud he is of his work as Kratos. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was dope. Like just seeing somebody just sit there with so much pride and, and admiration and joy that they're getting recognized for something that they've been doing for a little minute. It was pretty cool. Yeah, it was. It really was. Like, I, you know, he was tearing up doing this speech, and I kind of teared up a little bit. And I was like, oh, man, this, like, meant, this meant something to him. Like, yeah. it wasn't something, like, minor and everything like that. And then, like, yeah, he was talking for, like, 12 minutes. But, like, all 12 minutes, it felt like he actually had something to say, and it didn't feel like he was just stumbling over his words, you know? I agree. Yeah, he's he's very regal like that. Yeah, so I I think um Christopher Judge would probably be the dream guest. But to answer your question, um, because that was a very good question you just asked, my where do I want the show to go? I right now I'm gonna tell you something. I got Mamba mentality. It's like I okay. I am a competitive person. I want this to be the, one of the very best podcasts on the face of the planet. But I really my goal is to have like a top ten must see video game podcast, and I want to have a podcast that is like dedicated to the the culture so to speak i want to uplift other people in our culture because like there's not enough of us in video games there's not enough of us in like the gaming industry i want to bring awareness to things like black hair i want to bring awareness to things like why black protagonists matter in video games like my so i want to i have that mama mentality wanting to be the best but i also want to bring awareness to things that i feel like are missing in the games industry so definitely a podcast for the culture it's also a podcast for like i also want if nothing else my mission is to help people find the greatest games to play and to have fun talking about video games and single player games because I made this show as a show to where like all my friends grew up around me and like, and we all moved on. We all, we're all doing different things in our lives. But like one of the things that I missed about like 
having that core group around me, whether it was because like the people in my life, um, you know, got married, had kids or like military or different things like that. Like I grew up and, you know, like I have friends now, but none of them are like super gamers. Like I used to have growing up. So one of the reasons why I created this show was to have that conversation with gamers who love talking about the good single player games that they're playing. And I will, I just love doing that. And if I could, help other people find good single player games to play and just like bring a smile on people's faces. That, that means the world to me. That's dope. Man, it's been great, brother. Let them know where to find you at. Man, y'all can find me on the single player experience podcast. It's on your, all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also look up the pro report.com or like the pro report YouTube channel, but you can find me if you want to reach out to me on the Twitter at Sebastian 23. I'm on there um, like swimwear. So you can find me there. Thank you so much, by the way, no uh, problem, Delvin, for having me on the show. No problem. My pleasure, brother. Let, for those who just listen, reach out to Sebastian, have him on your show. Great guest. Reach out to the brother. Show him a good time, man. You know, it's important I don't mean like that. <laughs> I know some of you can't. You, some of you can't listen to the show. Take that a whole different way. Not like that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, I, I think you know we gotta reach out to each other. You know, like he said, it's for the culture, man. We gotta steel sharpen steel. Iron sharpen iron. So yeah, sharpen, I, yeah, man. Just reach out, man, and look out for the brother. I think I yeah. think you're doing good work, man. I appreciate. it. I was looking at your site earlier, like, oh, this man is on the ball. Yeah, man, I, I try to have everything pristine and proper. So, like, I try to give the best quality in all assets. So, if y'all looking for video game reviews or looking for some controversial opinions, check out the pronerreport.com. And if y'all are going to be at game, uh, like PAX East, the big gaming convention in Boston, or if y'all are going to be at E3 this year, hit your boy up. I'm going to be there as well. So, you know, if y'all want to have a drink or anything like that, talk video games, let me know. And, and yeah, so hit me up. I'm, I'm very personable. There you go. And as always, Delvin Cox Experience, we are out. Peace. Peace.